When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sometimes this time of year has better racing than happens in spring. Spring's the high-profile events, the iconic races. Sometimes the summer, autumn, though. And that was true on Saturday. That's the sequence of races. Riff Rocket, the return of the Derby winner in the Colin Hayes. Absolutely brilliant, emulating a feat of mahogany. And then it went on to Fangirl, uh, the win of her career, I think. And maybe her time has come. Then on to Imperatries, the champion sprinter of the Australian turf right now in a hell of a good race. Served right up to her, everything a chance to beat her, and she won the Lightning. So it was all rather perfect until we got to Jimmy Starr. And if it was the last leg of your multi, I'm really interested how you felt around how things unfolded. one 736 and 0433-981116. Jimmy Starr started Black Caviar odds. It was actually quite absurd, but I presume it was everybody's multis all rolling in together. And it felt like one of those sick truisms of racing that he would go under. Jimmy Starr at the 300 metres shook up here. Savannah Cloud's close on the outside and just about eyeballs it. Jimmy Starr still has a bit to do. Savannah Cloud's getting closer. Jimmy Starr just from Savannah Cloud. Here's Macram on the outside. Jimmy Starr fighting, but Macram the bolter. Macram's got up to win from Jimmy Starr. Savannah Cloud in a photo for third with Carini. Of course it was a 100 to 1 shot that beat it. Uh, so I'd just like to admit into evidence before we start. So Gareth Hall's just finished Giddy Up where there's been a lot going on, including the passing of Very Elegant, which we'll come to thoroughly shortly. Gareth, hello. Hello, Jared. Could Welcome you just admit into evidence? Because I just want it clear where I'm coming from. Just the blue text to my dad and my brother-in-law as the day is unfolding. Read it out, the blue yeah, one. If you would, please. Just before Jimmy Starr gets beaten as the last leg in my multi, I'd like to... I'd like on the record to reflect this is the stupidest dollar forty chance I've seen in racing. All hype, which is fun, but a dollar forty is lunacy. I have, of course, <laughs> taken it. So I went under <laughs> like everybody else. It was the last of my five lead multi, which oh, I was cruising. Vegas towards. got to him. Vegas got to him. Silliest dollar twenty six <laughs> shot I've ever seen, but there's a lot in behind it. <laughs> Welcome, Gareth. It's Hello, nice Jerry. to see you. Uh, John O'Neill is the owner of Jimmy Star, who we had heaps of fun with two weeks ago, and maybe less fun today. Morning, Hello, John. Ger- yeah, morning, Jared. No, uh, I've heard that replay about fifteen hundred times, and I think most of it's in my in my bad dreams since Saturday night, mate. What, what is your mood towards it on a Monday morning? Look, I think at the end of the day, and we highlighted this the whole way through, he's a really progressive young horse. And if there wasn't as much hype around the horse, he probably doesn't get nine rating points winning the benchmark 84 the other day. 
he was a 77 when he ran in that. So we probably get six or seven rating points. If he doesn't get invited, and I, as we said, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we take our hats off to Racing Victoria for looking for progressive horses to run in the All-Star Mile. We want to get some horses to come and take on the champs. But if that doesn't happen, he probably gets five rating points and he goes around in the benchmark 85, 84 or 85 on Saturday rather than the listed. Um, now, having said that, if he had been ridden the way that he was ridden, which was completely unfamiliar territory for the horse to go forward and lead, and a lot of the form analysts are saying he got away with some easy sectionals. He did have to work hard early, he got away with easy sectionals, and they flew home, Jared. So unfamiliar territory for him. If he goes around in the 84, he probably wins. He probably gets away with it. He wouldn't have won impressively the way that he was ridden. And then we're going under a benchmark 95 or a listed in a couple of weeks. So, look, he's a really nice progressive horse. Um, all of the form and the ratings guys would clearly say that he had a peak running first up when he won, which was great. Maybe he raced a little flat. Maybe he raced completely out of his pattern. So what we now do is we'll just, you know, take stock. The horse pulled up fantastic. He licked the bin clean, which is really good because he had a tough run. And we push forward to, in my opinion, and it won't be up to me, it'll be up to Ozzy and Kieran and the group, but probably Kieran will make the decision. Do you take on a 118 Raider at set weights when you're an 85 Raider with 33 points, which is about 15 kilos? The whole idea of these progressive horses in handicap group one races is to run them through the handicaps when they get the benefit and then run them in weight for age races when it's time. So, look, that'll be Kieran's call. But 118 rate of flying versus us at an 85. You don't want to go the all-star mile. Well, for me, I don't. But again, I, I'm very, and as I said when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, Jared, I'm very appreciative that Racing Victoria are proactive enough to try to get these progressive horses in the race. But at set weights, it doesn't work. Well, for us, as an 85 and it at 118. So how did everyone end up in the stewards room on Saturday? Look, I think um, Kieran was, um, he was extremely frustrated. He's very um, protective of his owners, of the horse, and also the racing public. You know, you don't want horses going around at $1.24 getting beaten. And he said Jared, to me- you mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is like, yeah, well, Jared doesn't want to, yeah. But it's like, he just said to me, John, I, I'm just embarrassed here. The horse wasn't ridden the way that I wanted the horse to be ridden. So at the end of the day, the horse has been beaten. I'm very frustrated. I know the horse is better than that. Um, and he didn't race to his pattern. So I'm sure that, you know, I mean, the stewards would naturally call you in at $1.24 when you get beaten. Um, Craig was really good after the race. As I said, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the known jockey potter. Half the jockeys aren't talking to me now, which is good. But, but look, from Craig's perspective, um, when you draw wide at the seven there, it's always difficult, you know, and we said that before the race. So he went out and had a look. Four or five horses pushed up inside, and then there's that split decision. Do you give the handball off or do you take an extra bounce? Well, he went forward. If he drops his hands and goes back and gets a nice trail the way the race was run to his pattern, he maybe gets over the top and wins. But at the end of the day, he was on a $1.24 shot. He thought the horse was significantly better than the other horses in the race, so he took the bull by the horns and tried to lead. Do you accept the stewards finding that it was it was a reasonable thing to do in the circumstances? Well, look, at the end of the day, the stewards have got to make their own call on that. Go back and have a look at every trial he's had and all of the races that he's ever raced in. 
he's not a leader. I mean, I was saying superimpose, it's a very, very long time ago. I'm sure a lot of your listeners will know who he is, but the younger brigade clearly don't. But I think he was a nine or a 10 start maiden. They used to lead with him and he was getting beaten in maidens at Seymour and he happened to miss a start one day and they worked out that was his racing pattern. So I think let's work through the handicaps. The stewards have got to make the call they do. They need to protect racing and... As you said, a lot of people went over in the multis, as we heard this morning on on Giddy Up. We got on the means test. We got plenty of plenty of sprays there, didn't we, my friend? So, so Gareth, what uh, what what is the prevailing view toward the Williams ride? It's a difficult one, Jerry, because he he pushed the button at the start, and if he went back after pushing the button. Um, whether that takes too much out of the horse, he strangles him to get back after he dug him out at the start to have a look. And I think that was the instructions there, Johnny, at the start. And then he had to make a decision, a bit like, say, what Damien Lane had to make a, a decision earlier on in the meeting with the Grinsinger mayor for Danny O'Brien. You push the button, you go forward. If you can't get in and slot in somewhere, then you'd rather be outside the leader or maybe in front than, say, three wide without cover. Craig Williams had to make a split-second decision he went to plan B and it didn't pay off. That's sport. That's racing. He, he apologized. And if he had his time again, he would ride that horse differently. But that's, that's, that's sport, isn't it? It is. So I would, I, there are two rides on the day, right? The first was, um, Nashville Willow on Bonus Notches. Seven horse field, drags him back to last, gave mm. him no hope. Odds on favorite, but gave him no hope. Did you see Tommy Berry on Alentia? Yeah, yeah, but I think that's a different circumstance. Yeah. So it was the the deliberate decision to hook him back. So you're just aghast at at that decision. I would much rather the jockey who so he had to get out of the gates. So this is where we spoke two weeks ago around the Sulcum. Can't have a horse that keeps missing the start as he progresses up to better races. So tick jockey got him out, and then that there's that if you drag him back and he sits three wide seventh. And flat bats and just misses. We go, oh, you same three wide, mate. You're on the dollar twenty six shot, or you go forward and proactively give him a chance, which is totally against the horse's pattern. I think that's devil in the deep blue sea. But I would rather, I would rather the Williams ride to the Rewilla ride on the odds on favourite. Yeah, and look, I think you know, I mean, this is what racing is great for, right? Everyone's got opinions, Jared. I think, um, I think under that situation, it's a different circumstance though, because. Fine to get out and have a look like Craig did. But if you had a look at all the speed maps, there was never five horses booting up inside him. He was never going to be five and six deep. And if you listen to the race caller, um, Matt, Matt couldn't even pick him up. He couldn't couldn't even find where he was. So he was trying to see with because he was that wide with the other horses booting up. So I think looking at the speed maps, Craig assumed that he would be able to jump and probably sit outside the leader or sit one out. So again, against racing patterns, Craig made the call. We can't think, do anything about it now. I agree the bonus notches ride, you know, like he was, he just rode it dead quiet. It finished off extraordinarily well. I made a point um, this morning in that any form of futures bettings or any type of future betting now is a real concern, Jared, because if there are biases to the tracks, which there have been significantly, some horses just can't win. And, and you know, we were talking, you will get to Fangirl soon, I'm sure. But the only doubt with her is her racing pattern. So if we get dished up some leaders tracks in some of these group races, she can't win. She just won't win. Whereas a horse like Mr. Brightside can find the right spot, be one out and dictate. 
I so. think, yeah, just the situation back with Jimmy Starr, I think if you're talking like footballing terms, you can get a player that kicks two goals and gets 30-odd touches and best on ground and all the experts give give him the three votes and then the coach goes, well, this is not the way I wanted you to play. You didn't dish off that handball. You were selfish. You went against the game plan and put us back a couple of weeks. So the different perspective from the punters to the trainer. Um, so I think sometimes there's a lot of passion and argument and, I mean, debate that goes on on social media, especially after that ride. But there's different perceptions on how sometimes a trainer wants a horse ridden compared to the punter. So how punitive are these things? Is Where does Craig Williams sit with Kieran Maher, with Jimmy Starr, with you, Johnny? Yeah, no, look, he's fine. Look, as I said, he's an elite jockey. We've, you know, we have a great relationship with Craig. Craig rode Sulcombe all the way through and then... You sacked him pretty... A, and a decision was made um, to take him off in the Melbourne Cup. Craig rides a lot of horses for us. He's a terrific rider. And at the end of the day, made a call and it didn't pay off. So if he's going through the handicap grades, which is what he's going to do, you need great, elite, lightweight jockeys. And he's one of those. So, you know, Craig and all of the ownership ourselves, we've had a great relationship with him for a long time. So, you know, that won't change. It's important for everyone to have their opinion on it. Um, you know, I was pretty, I wasn't as vocal because I was frustrated with the draw and where he was going to get to. And I think he made his mind up beforehand that it's the best horse in the race and I'm just going to do what I need to do, which is what he did. So didn't pay off this time. No good for the punters. Sorry. Um, but let's, uh, you know, let's, let's hope he can rebound. I know he pulled up well, he licked the bin clean. They rang me Saturday night and Sunday morning, Jared. So I think the situation with Craig's fine. Do you, but would you think he would ride Jimmy Starr again? Oh yeah. I don't have any issue there. I mean, from a, from a, um, from a weight perspective, it's going to be critical because we need lightweight jockeys to be able to ride him. And unless we can find some other, you know, quality jockeys of Craig's elk to consider, um, you know, he'll be, I would imagine he'll be riding the horse for sure. And as the mornings unfolded and we've got a lot to get through here, um, Sulcombe's been ruled out of the autumn. He's got a swollen high suspensory. Um, he trialed really well the other day. And again, we talk about, um, you know, the old style racing where those horses with wonderful longevity would come up three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think it's a similar, um, injury to Victoria Road. <laughs> the other horse that we right. bought from overseas. Yep. So not disastrous, but just a swollen um, tendon. So Chris is elected to just ease off over the autumn and uh, focus on the spring, which is probably where we were going to go with him anyway. You know, he's only going to have a couple of runs. All right. You'll have your say, 0433 98 11 16. I don't want to hear how he licked the bin clean. He licked me clean. That's from <laughs> Gary in Mossman. Um, and there's Sorry, a lot of Gary. a lot of people have the same story. Simon from Hobart had a multi on Saturday. Fangirl in Perichies, Jenny Lala, Jimmy Star. Not a happy punter. Um, one of the more divisive rides I've seen in many a year. It had shades of Jane Dye and Viander Cross. About it. 0433981116, 40 Winks Temper Text. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks Serious About Sleep. 1300 736 736. We're going to work through the runs of Fangirl, Imperatries, and Roof Rockets and pay tribute to Very Elegant, the 2021 Melbourne Cup winner who has died giving birth to her first foal. James McDonald was the jockey that day. He's going to join us after that sad news is broken. Melbourne's weather, cloudy, a top of 23. This summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. 
into the straight. Preble goes for incentivise. He's about to shoot away at the 400. Floating artist takes the split. Very elegant. The champion mare is closing from Spanish Mission. Incentivise grabbed by Very Elegant, the reigning horse of the year. She's opened up a break at the 200. Very Elegant from Incentivise. Spanish Mission and Floating Artist. It's going to be the crowning moment. Very Elegant, the mighty mare wins the cup by four. Incentivise second, Spanish Mission third. Floating Artist ran fourth. They gap the rest. Very Elegant's career culminated in that moment, the 2021 Melbourne Cup with James McDonald aboard. Devastating news this morning, Gareth, while you were on air. Yeah, the the, the news broke about an hour and a half ago, Jared. Um, we lost Very Elegant. She was a superstar mare, Group 1 winner from 14 to 2 miles. She had complications giving birth to her first foal. Um, she lost the foal as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of text messages on Giddy Up this morning paying tribute to her and um, it was devastating. So James McDonald had such a beautiful yeah. affiliation here and won the cup on Very Elegant. James, uh, it's great of you to join us in such circumstances. Good morning. Yeah, it was unbelievable to um, receive the news early this morning. Bray gave me a call and um, it just doesn't feel real, to be honest with you. I, just, uh, I don't really get too emotional but it actually brought a little tear to my eye at a pretty big soft spot she arguably gave me the, my greatest day on on a racetrack in my life so um for her to be gone so early it's uh, it's re- it's real it's really really sad and um she's such a great horse and she wore a heart on her sleeve every time she put a foot on a racetrack uh, whether it was track work trials race days she just gave her all so incredible race me and just Gone so too too early. Yeah, so she she was one of the special ones for you, James. She is the special one. I think I think um, any horse that can win our greatest race on turf in Australia is, is, is a special horse. She carried amazing weight that day. She won with great authority, um, and I think it was to 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 this day. I think it was her best performance. Well rounded, executed two mile performance I've, I've been on um, it was the most smoothest run it was just like angels were with us you know like it just was so smooth and she just she demolished them um, and yeah obviously I've actually just gone back and looked at some scenes like it's, it was surreal it was incredible and she's the one that gave me that moment and you had and, such and a, a special owner. special sorry Jimmy um, a special bond with her because in the early part of her career she would get keen in her races and then she was able to drop the bit a little bit and then win all of those group ones from 1,400 metres to two miles. What was her character like? Well, I suppose it's part of her story where she was, um, it wasn't the easiest and it was it was well documented all the way through her career. She'd come from New Zealand. She was, um, she was very, very headstrong. She never lost that, to be fair, and that was probably part of why she was so good, even though maybe... In some races, it might have let her down at, at times, but that was her. She was inc- incredible. She was just, every, just was there for you every time. You'd take her to war with you every day of the week if you could, and um, she never went. She never died wondering. Um, she was the Wink Stakes, 1400 first up. Uh, she got headed. She come back and won, and then I think that prep she went on to win a Melbourne Cup or, or the following prep. So, just an incredible, versatile mare. Um, and just got better and better as a, with age. And what probably made it more special was probably um, 
it was a great ownership group where they they enjoyed it. They celebrated it. She she was um, she was there. She was let the they let the public really. She became the people's horses by the end of it, and because of her courage, um, she was just a she was the ultimate racehorse for for a jockey's point of view. She could do anything. She could sustain a long gallop. She could come back, go on wet dry ground. It was just incredible, incredible horse. James Johnny O'Neill here, mate. Um, you know I was lucky enough to be part of that journey, as you know, and. Um... Mm-hmm. We were saying earlier this morning, just the, not only the <clears> memories, but um, the relationships that that horse enabled us to all form. Um, as you say, the ownership group are very, very close and and we all have a great relationship with you too. So I think it's something that, um, you know, we'll never take for granted. Not only what a wonderful um, mare she was and and, and the wonderful journey that we went on. But I think the friendships we've made out of it, um, you know, into New Zealand and certainly with you and, and our group will be something that um, that we'll cherish forever, mate. 100% you hit the nail on the head. Oh, I don't think it if it wasn't for Very Elegant, uh, I, I would definitely... Um, wouldn't talk to me. Wouldn't be as, no, I wouldn't <laughs> be as close as in terms of uh, with Bray, Aussie, South, um, the Carter boys. Like, it was a, but what probably... I received most of it. Is that everyone enjoyed her win, and and everyone was so passionate about her. She it was it was all about her the whole way through, and um, obviously she was very very well handled by Chris. And um, but we all enjoyed it every every single time she she stepped down on a racetrack. It was just awesome to be a part of it, you know. And I think um, you guys deserve a pat on the back for that because you let the public let 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 them be her horse you know so it was it was cool james it's very generous of you to share the emotion with us do, do you have a favorite photo from that day or do you have a keepsake from that melbourne cup day which holds a pride of place yeah i've got a i've got a, a massive picture on the wall with um her crossing the line in the melbourne cup and like i say it's the, i think the maddie hill call probably was the icing on the cake just brilliant call to the greatest of them all now and she was she was marvelous. she won them all basically and arguably she could have she could have won a cox plate a course cup and a melbourne cup with even luck but just phenomenal wrestles phenomenal she was every bit of that james thank you for your time this morning and uh for to all involved sorry for your loss thanks guys yeah. Good on you, champion jockey James McDonald there. Daniel, shattered by the news, a very elegant, a beautiful racehorse and one who raced at a high quality all the time. We'll, uh, we'll never forget her cup victory and very elegant. And I've never been more confident when a horse has gone past the post the first time in a Melbourne Cup. I'd already called her the winner as she was looking so perfect. So, John, is there horses along the way that, that really touch your heart? Yeah, look, I think she's definitely the one. Jared, excuse me, I've um, a bit emotional actually myself after James um, being as emotional. Um, you know, this is just racing, unfortunately, and, you know, the care and stuff that's um, that's applied across the animals during their racing career and afterwards. Um, but, you know, from, from my relationship with her and with Chris and the guys, you know, she was just incredible. And as James said, everybody was up every time that she raced no matter where she was we wanted to be involved and we all went on the journey when she went overseas and you know that was a much maligned time you know we shouldn't have sent her and but at the end of the day she enjoyed a bit of fun um 
you know, over in, in France, she was entitled to that, to be able to gallop in some of the best areas of the world. And, and it's just tragic. So, um, you know, I mean, I know the ownership group will all get together and we'll probably have a catch up with Chris and bring the Carters in New Zealand late this afternoon and, um, and discuss the, the wonderful journey we were on. Um, yeah, so it's just sad, Jared. James in the Gamby text through. When you listen to jockeys and others talk about specific horses who truly grasp the unique bond they share, a connection often overlooked yeah. when people criticise the industry. You could hear that in his voice, could yeah. you, Jared? Very much so. Yeah. Mean, meant the world to him. All right, uh, just a couple of other notes in a moment, but we remember very elegant today. Nathan, thank you. Just a word or two to finish here. So three great performances mm-hmm. in victory. We've spent a lot of time on others. Fangirl, was that the win of a horse whose time has now arrived? The only horse that will beat her or horses will be maybe the Japanese when they come over for the Sydney Carnival. On a firm track, there's no horse getting near her, and that's including Mr. Brightside. Um, she won like she, and James McDonald mentioned this to, to this, to me this morning on Giddy Up. She was Winks like there on Saturday. Very soft win. Um, the only concern again is track patterns for me. She races best going back. And if there's massive leader bias, very difficult to win the way she races. Imperatrice, they served her right up to her and she met the challenge in the the lightning. She's got to go and do it in Sydney now in a TJ Smith. Can't wait for that. She'll win the William Reid and then to the TJ. That's going to be some race in Sydney during the championship. Let's just enjoy her. Yeah. Let's just celebrate how wonderful she is and how she just keeps improving and winning and reaching the mark that nobody thought she would. It's unbelievable. So great. I think we've got one in Riff Rocket. So only yeah. Mahogany had done that in... In the past three decades, coming off a derby into a Colin Hayes. So he's not a stayer. He's a brilliant 1,600 metre to 2,000 horse who was just so good that he won a derby. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, looking at his racing pattern, he can go forward or back. So the $3 for the guineas, I am taking that right now because uh, it'll just be winning. I tell you, it'll be winning the Blue Diamond and Nisa. You can get $9 at the moment, Jared. Hello. Okay. Again, Blue Diamond was on the weekend. Watch that track. Make sure it's not leader bias because if it is, you can have something on Gay's horse. It'll be winning. Lady of Camelot. Thanks for stopping by. There's a lot in racing right now. John O'Neill and Gareth Hall here. So the Monday Means Test with Wayne Hawks is up on the Giddy Up podcast for your full fix of what happened on the weekend. I got a stack of messages. The importance of the MCG in our town and how that was illustrated by the Taylor Swift concerts and the spectacle that those were. Richmond's 10-goal run against Melbourne. Will Pukowski's shield century. The failure of Basball, 1-300-736-736 and 0433-98-1116. This is Waitley for Hyundai. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on now.